Section 17 of The Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf. Translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 17. Katrina and Jan. Jan of Rufflock had never had so many things to think about and ponder over as now that he had become an emperor. In the first place he had to be very guarded, since greatness had been thrust upon him, so as not to let pride get the upper hand. He must bear in mind continually that we humans were all made from the same material, and had sprung from the same first parents, that we were all of us weak and sinful, and at bottom one person was no better than another. All his life long he had observed to his dismay how people tried to lord it over one another, and, of course, he had no desire to do likewise. He found, however, that it was not an easy matter for one who had become exalted to maintain a proper humility. His greatest concern was that he might perhaps say or do something that would cause his old friends, who were still obliged to pursue their humble callings, to feel themselves slighted and forgotten. Therefore he deemed it best when attending such functions as dinners and parties, which duty demanded of him, never to mention in the hearing of these people the great distinction that had come to him. He could not blame them from envying him. Indeed not. Just the same he felt it was wisest not to make them draw comparisons. And, of course, he could not ask men like Börje and the seine-maker to address him as emperor. Such old friends could call him Jan, as they had always done, for they could never bring themselves to do otherwise. But the one whom he had to consider before all others, and be most guarded with, was the old wife, who sat at home in the hut. It would have been a great consolation to him, and a joy as well, if greatness had come to her also, but it had not. She was the same as of yore. Anything else was hardly to be expected. Glory Goldie must have known it would be quite impossible to make an empress of Katrina. One could not imagine the old woman pinning a golden coronet on her hair when going to church. She would have stayed at home rather than show her face framed in anything but the usual black silk head-shawl. Katrina had declared out and out. She did not want to hear about Glory Goldie being an empress. On the whole, it was perhaps best to humor her in this. But one can understand it must have been hard for him, who spent his mornings at the pier, surrounded by admiring throngs of people, who at every turn addressed him as emperor, to drop his royal air the moment he set foot in his own house. It cannot be denied that he found it a bit irksome having to fetch wood and water for Katrina, and then to be spoken to as if he had gone backward in life instead of forward. If Katrina had only stopped at that, he would not have minded it, but she even complained because he would not go out to work now, as in former days. When she came with such things, he always turned a deaf ear, as if he did not know that the Empress of Portugalia would soon send him so much money that he need never again put on his working clothes. 
he felt it would be an insult to her to give in to katrina on this point one afternoon toward the end of august as jan was sitting upon the flat stone in front of the hut smoking his pipe he glimpsed some bright frocks in the woods close by and hearing the ring of youthful voices katrina had just gone down to the birch grove to cut twigs for a broom but before leaving she had said to jan that hereafter they must arrange their matters so that she could go down to falla and dig ditches he might stay at home and do the cooking and mending since he was too fine now to work for others he had not said a word in retort but all the same it was mighty unpleasant having to listen to such talk therefore he was very glad that he could turn his thoughts to something else instantly he ran inside for his imperial cap and stick and was out again and down at the gate just as the young girls came along there were no less than five of them in the party the three young misses from lövdala and two strangers who were evidently guests at the manor good day my dear court ladies said jan as he swung the gate wide open and went out toward them good day my dear court ladies he repeated at the same time making such a big sweep with his cap that it almost touched the ground the girls stood stock still they looked a bit shy at first but he soon helped them over their momentary embarrassment then it was good day and our kind emperor it was plain they were really glad to see him again these little misses were not like katrina and the rest of the ashdales folk they were not at all averse to hearing about the empress and immediately asked him if her highness was well and if she was not expected home soon they also asked if they might be allowed to step into the hut to see how it looked inside that he could well afford to let them do for katrina always kept the house so clean and tidy that they could receive callers there at any time when the young misses from the manor came into the house they were no doubt surprised that the great empress had grown up in a little place like that it may have done very well in the old days when she was used to it they said but how would it be now should she come back would she reside here with her parents or return to portugalia jan had thought the self-same things himself and he understood of course that glory goldie could not settle down in the ashdales when she had a whole kingdom to rule over the chances are that the empress will return to portugalia he replied then you will accompany her i suppose said one of the little misses jan would rather the young lady had not questioned him regarding that matter nor did he give her any reply at first but she was persistent possibly you don't know as yet how it will be she said oh yes he knew all about it only he was not quite sure how people would regard his decision perhaps they might think it was not the correct thing for an emperor to do i shall remain at home he told her it would never do for me to leave katrina so katrina's not going to portugalia no he answered you couldn't get katrina away from the hut and i shall stay right here with her you see when one has promised to love and cherish till death 
yes i understand that one can't break that vow this was said by the young girl who seemed most eager to know about everything do you hear that all of you she added jan won't leave his wife though all the glories of portugalia are tempting him and think of it the girls were very glad of this they patted him on the back and told him he did right that was a favorable sign they said for it showed that all was not over yet with good old jan anderson of rufflock croft he could not make out just what they meant by that but probably they were happy to think the parish was not going to lose him they bade him good-bye now saying they were going over to Dovness to a garden party they had barely gone when katrina walked in she must have been standing outside the door listening but how long she had stood there or how much she had heard jan did not know anyway she looked more amiable and serene than she had appeared in a long while you are an old simpleton she told him i wonder what other women would say if they had a husband like you but still it's a comfort to know that you don't want to go away from me Björn Hindriksson's Funeral Jan Andersson of Rufflack was not invited to the funeral of Björn Hindriksson of Luby. But he understood, of course, that the family of the departed had not been quite certain that he would care to claim kinship with them now that he had risen to such glory and honor. Possibly they feared it might upset their arrangements if so exalted a personage as Johannes of Portugalia were to attend the funeral the immediate relatives of the late bjorn hindriksson naturally wished to ride in the first carriage whereby rights place should have been made for him who was an emperor they knew to be sure that he was not over particular about the things which seemed to count for so much with most folks it would never have occurred to him to stand in the way of those who liked to sit in the place of honour at special functions therefore rather than cause any ill-feeling he remained away from the house of mourning during the early forenoon before the funeral procession had started and went direct to the church not until the bells had begun tolling and the long procession had broken up on church ground did he take his place among his relatives when they saw Jan there, they all looked a little astonished, but now he was so accustomed to seeing folks surprised at his condescension that he took it as a matter of course. No doubt they would have liked to place him at the head of the line, but then it was too late to do so, as they were already moving toward the churchyard. After the burial service, when he accompanied the funeral party to the church, and seated himself on the mourner's bench they appeared to be slightly embarrassed however there was no time to comment upon his having placed himself among them instead of occupying his usual high seat in the gentry's gallery as the opening hymn had just begun at the close of the service when the conveyances belonging to the funeral party drew up onto the knoll jan went out and climbed into the hearse where he sat down upon the dais on which the coffin rested on the drive to the churchyard as the big wagon would now be going back empty he knew that 
here he would not be taking up some other person's place the daughter and son-in-law of the late bjorn hinriksson walked back and forth at the side of the hearse and looked at him they regretted no doubt that they could not ask him to ride in one of the first carriages nor did he wish to incommode any one he was what he was in any case during the drive to luby he could not help thinking of the time when he and glory goldie had called upon their rich relative this time however it was all so different who was great and respected now and who was conferring an honour upon his kinsfolk by seeking them out as the carriage drew up in turn before the house of mourning the occupants stepped out and were conducted into the large waiting-room on the ground floor where they removed their wraps two neighbours of the hindricksons who acted as host and hostess then invited the more prominent persons among the guests to step upstairs where dinner was served it was a difficult task having to single out those who were to sit at the first table for at so large a funeral gathering it was impossible to make room for all the guests at one sitting the table had to be cleared and set three or four times some people would have regarded it as an inexcusable oversight had they not been asked to sit at the first table as for him who had risen to the exalted station of emperor he could be exceedingly obliging in many ways but to be allowed to sit at the first table was a right which he must not forego otherwise folks might think he did not know it was his prerogative to come before all others it did not matter so much his not being among the very first to be requested to step upstairs it was self-evident that he should dine with the pastor and the gentry so he felt no uneasiness on that score he sat all by himself on a corner bench quite silent here nobody came up to chat with him about the empress and he seemed a bit dejected when he left home katrina had begged him not to come to this funeral because the folks of this farm were of too good stock to cringe to either kings or emperors it looked now as if she were right about it for old peasants who have lived on the same farm from time immemorial consider themselves the superiors of the titled aristocracy it was a slow proceeding bringing together those who were to be at the first table the host and hostess moved about a long while seeking the highest worthies but somehow they failed to come up to him not far from the emperor sat a couple of old spinsters chatting who had not the least expectation of being called up then they were speaking of linnart son of the late bjorn hindriksson saying it was well that he had come home in time for a reconciliation with his father not that there had been any actual enmity between father and son but it happened that some thirty years earlier when the son was two-and-twenty and wanted to marry he had asked the old man to let him take over the management of the farm so that he could be his own master this bjorn had flatly refused to do he wanted the son to stay at home and go on working under him and then to take over the property when the old man was no more no was the son's answer 
i'll not stay at home and be your servant even though you are my father i prefer to go out in the world and make a home for myself for i must be as good a man as you are or the feeling of comradeship between us will soon end that can end at any time if you choose to go your own ways bjorn hindrickson told him then the sun had gone up into the wilderness northeast of dove lake and had settled in the wildest and least populated region where he broke ground for a farm of his own his land lay in Bro parish and he was never again seen in Svartsjö. not in thirty years had his parents laid eyes on him but a week ago when old bjorn was nearing the end he had come home this was good news to jan of rafflack the sunday before when katrina got back from church and told him that bjorn was dying he immediately asked whether the son had been sent for but it seems he had not katrina had heard that bjorn's wife had begged and implored the old man to let her send for their son and that he would not hear of it he wanted to die in peace he said but jan was not satisfied to let the matter rest there the thought of linnart away out in the wilds knowing nothing of his father's grave condition had caused him to disregard old bjorn's wishes and go tell the son himself he had heard nothing as to the outcome until now and he was so interested in what the two old spinsters were saying that he quite forgot to think about either the first or the second table when the son returned he and the father were as nice as could be to each other the old man laughed at the son's attire. "'So you've come in your working clothes,' he said. "'I suppose I should have dressed up since it's Sunday,' Linnart replied. "'But we've had so much rain up our way this summer, and I had thought of hauling in some oats today.' "'Did you manage to get in any?' the old man asked him. "'I got one wagon loaded, but that I left standing in the field, when word came you were sick i hurried away at once without stopping to change my clothes who told you about it the father inquired some man i've never seen before replied the son it didn't occur to me to ask him who he was he looked like a little old beggar man you must find that man and thank him from me old bjorn then said him you must honor wherever you meet him he has meant well by us the father and son were so happy over their reconciliation that it was as if death had brought them joy instead of grief jan winced when he heard that linnart hindrickson had called him a beggar but he understood of course that it was simply because he had not worn his imperial cap or carried his stick when he went up to the forest this brought him back to his present dilemma surely he had waited long enough he should have been called by this time this would never do he rose at once resolutely crossed the room into the hallway climbed the stairs and opened the door to the big dining hall he saw at a glance that the dinner was already on every place at the large horseshoe table was occupied and the first course had been served then it was not meant that he should be among the elect for there sat the pastor the sexton the lieutenant from Lövdala and his lady, there sat every one who should be there, 
except himself. One of the young girls who passed around the food rushed over to Jan the instant he appeared in the doorway. "'What are you doing here, Jan?' she said in a low voice. "'Go down with you!' "'But, my good hostess,' Jan protested, "'Emperor Johannes of Portugalia should be present at the first sitting.' "'Oh, shut up, Jan!' said the girl. "'This is not the proper time to come with your nonsense. Go down, and you'll get something to eat when your turn comes.' It so happened that Jan entertained a greater regard for this particular household than for any other in the parish. Therefore it would have been very gratifying to him to be received here in a manner befitting his station. A strange feeling of despondency came over him as he stood down by the door cap in hand. He felt that all his imperial grandeur was falling from him. Then, in the middle of this sore predicament, he heard Linnart Hinrikson exclaim, "'Why, there stands the fellow who came to me last Sunday and told me that father was sick.' "'What are you saying?' questioned the mother. "'But are you certain as to that?' "'Of course I am. It can't be any one but he. I've seen him before to-day, but I didn't recognize him in that queer get-up. However, I see now that he's the man.' "'If he is our man—' "'He mustn't be allowed to stand down by the door like a beggar,' said the old housewife. "'In that case we must make room for him at the table. "'Him we owe both honour and thanks, "'for it was he who sent comfort to Björn in his last hours, "'while to me he has brought the only consolation "'that can lighten my sorrow in the loss of a husband like mine.' "'And room was made too though the table seemed to be crowded enough already. Jan was placed at the centre of the horseshoe, directly opposite the pastor. He could not have wished for anything better. At first he seemed a little dazed. He could not comprehend why they should make such fuss over him just because he had run a few miles into the woods with a message for Linnart Hinrikson. Suddenly he understood and all became clear to him. It was the emperor they wished to honour. They had gone about it in this way, so that no one should feel slighted or put out. It couldn't be explained in any other way, for he had always been kind and good-natured and helpful, yet never before had he been honoured or fated in the least degree for that. End of section 17 Read by Lars Rolander